0: You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got The Dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Uh Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating show. I'm Noah Scott, and let's welcome today's guest to the show today. Tyler, our guest today, was born and raised in West Virginia. He's 32 years old. He's a single dad and has been divorced for two years. He also enjoys TikTok, Instagram, and he loves his 4x4 four four truck. As well as that, he's also an emergency management agency lieutenant and enjoys firearms. So what a what a cool <laughs> background. It's, a, it's the, the West Virginia lifestyle right
1: there. Yeah, I got into uh, emergency uh, agency things, at I think, in high school. I was a volunteer firefighter for a little while in high school and then drifted away from it. I've lived here all my life and uh, started... I didn't go to college for one. So I started working right at of school as a vet tech and then went from vet tech for four years into what I'm doing now, which is a lieutenant on day shift for managing communications for like law enforcement, our departments, EMS, everybody in our county. I love it.
0: Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a good sort of a journey along the way there to get there. Oh yeah. So let's take a minute and talk about your current relationship status, right? So you're a single dad. And how long were you married before you got? To, so now you've been divorced for two years. How is life treating you in the romantic spectrum?
1: Currently, I'm I'm not dating, which would be a surprise to a lot of people. We, my ex-wife and I, we met in 2013. We dated for about three years before we got married. So we married in uh, 2016. Our daughter was born in 2017. The same year we bought our house in 17, and then we divorced in 2018. I really, it's a touchy subject as far as what happened there with the marriage and all that. But yeah, as of right now, I've dated here and there a little bit since the divorce, dipping my toe in the water and whatnot. But it's just I'm just enjoying myself and the time that I have with my daughter.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really important to have that time to really be in tune with you and what you want and, and to really solidify your place in life before you even start to go out and, and try to find other people. And sometimes there are, there are times in your life where you can put the blinders on and just go out there and, and go run wild and <sighs> thing left and right. I think sometimes it's also good to, to keep some, keep some boundaries up and focus on yourself. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, like maybe we can talk about one of the biggest lessons learned from your journey so far. And just looking back, oh my gosh. At, just looking back at, at you in relationships and what would you say is something that
1: you've learned? Going back to the divorce, definitely you want to try to keep the spark alive because I think Right after our daughter was born, we, we became so in tune with taking care of her that we lost the touch that we had with each other. It almost became, uh, it did become a job taking care of our daughter, but we, we lost that spark. And in that sense, we living together, we became like roommates. There was like hardly any intimacy. She had actually been diagnosed with postpartum depression before the baby was born. So it caused, it caused a lot of issues. And there were some other things as well. That factored into that. But I guess after the divorce, once I like got over the fact, I, because I was not good for months after that, I, I started dating a little bit and got got into, into the dating scene, which I wasn't <laughs> used to after five years. And I never understood it, but I never date people my age. And I don't, I, I think I know why, but I'm really not sure. <laughs> it's always been people younger than me. And I don't know what part of me is empty, in a sense, that's trying to fulfill, because I definitely don't feel my age. Mm. And, and like I said, that may be it. I don't feel my age, so I tend to date how old I feel.
0: That's really, that's really fascinating that it's the, I, that's, <laughs> I feel like I'm 20 when I look in the mirror, I'm like, who's this guy? No. <laughs> I understand that part of it. But I, so I'm, I'm curious about that. You said that there's something that's missing. I wonder, do you feel at, at times when you're dating younger, that almost as if you're in a protector role, like you're taken care of, or like you're like a so-called, like a daddy position or anything like that? Sure. or
1: Kind of. I think the first couple of, of relationships I've tried to get into, one of them was ex- like extremely young, yeah. a lot younger than me. Uh, 19, and it was the the difference in age, the the difference in the maturity, and uh, just priorities. I'm a single father of a three year old. Well, she was two at the time. I've already established in my career, and this person who's 19, they they've got a lot of life experience to to get underneath their belt. So uh, I was, I think I was preyed upon because I was the older guy. Yeah and they were preyed upon on my half because they were the younger person that that I tend to be attracted to and it's just the difference in life experiences that that didn't work out.
0: It's really fascinating that you have the vulnerability to be able to look at it from the objective perspective and say, "Oh, this is I think this is why this was happening" rather than just being blind to it and just running with it. You know, let's talk about what it is that you enjoy about being with somebody younger. Is it the just the the vibrancy, the energy, You mentioned that the energy. Yeah. You mentioned earlier before the show that you also like love playing video games and stuff like that. Is it just being able to just
1: be young again? I I don't, I don't feel my age and it's not like that. I want to be young again. It's just, I don't think I'm ready to be as old as I am. So I tend to hold on to the things that make you feel young. I guess (laughs) a lot of older people will do, but, it, it's hard to keep up with the energy with uh, the, the younger crowd these days because mm-hmm. especially in positions like ours where we have responsibilities, we can't just go buck wild and spend the next day completely hungover or just run amok because I've got a daughter and I've got priorities and it just, it just doesn't match. Yeah, It's good short term. It's very good short term. I can tell you that much. Right. <laughs> but l- I think long term, you just you got to wait till you're like 25, 27. So that whole frontal lobe is developed.
0: <laughs> yeah. and I think you're still, you still have a lot of life left. So you're still young, early thirties. Yeah. There's a lot left on the adventure docket for you. With that <laughs> said, I, we were also talking about the show about your open sexuality. It's something that's not common or maybe people do have, they'll have a, they're like a bisexual tendency, but they'll keep mm-hmm. under the closet. Or they'll maybe they just have something that um, they're ashamed of, so they never speak about it. But in your case, you're pretty open about your bisexuality and being pansexual. Tell me a little, tell our listeners a little bit about what that is and how it plays out in your life.
1: So I knew from a very early age that I was different, and I really couldn't explain it. It wasn't up until maybe I came out in 2009, fully came out, but I was bisexual. I'd been with multiple girls beforehand in high school and in a couple guys that flew underneath the radar at that time. Um, But once I finally came out, it was probably three or four years ago, I was talking to somebody and I was explaining to them how my attraction works. I was like, look, gender has no role. I I tend to fall for somebody's personality. I said, don't get me wrong because physical attraction is a uh, determining factor, of course, with anybody. But gender doesn't affect anything. like." Not to put you on the spot, but if you and I were to be able to connect in, in a way, and I thought that was you know something that that had substance, and we clicked, yeah, it, didn't matter. it doesn't matter if you're uh, a male, a female, transgender. I've dated a drag queen before. I've dated really feminine guys. I've dated really tomboy girls. It just gender. I'm gender blonde pretty much. Mm. If I can connect with you, then I can connect with you, and that's it.
0: That's really fascinating. And so when it comes to like connecting. Is on the physical level as well, like what levels of intimacy? Is there a different, in, different type of intimacy between a man and a woman that you have? What's, how do you approach that?
1: A different type of level? I, for me, not really. Just because, like I said, even though the physical aspects are, are different with dating a guy and a, and a girl, I don't necessarily treat them any different because of gender. It all comes mm-hmm. down to personality t- for me. So as long as the personality is there and like I said, we can click, then it's game on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's really incredible to have that level of openness and, and acceptance. So being in West Virginia, I'd imagine that same type of perspective isn't the common theme, right? Like I think like a lot of the people that are out there are maybe more conservative. And so how do you deal with like, other people, whether they are judging or whether like other people don't have the same level of acceptance and openness.
1: It's really not bad where I'm at. I'm actually in between. I'm from Huntington. I live in between the two biggest cities in West Virginia, Charleston and Huntington. So I'm, I'm directly in the middle of there. And I've been here all my life. And the people here are, I wouldn't really say conservative. They're very accepting. I've not had any problems. I've not had anybody like bash me for wearing a a shirt with my polaroid shirt with, rainbow wanted or anything like it's not like that here which i'm I'm very grateful for and i've had very supportive parents very open even my ex-wife she even knew before we got married about my and my sexuality it wasn't a problem for her yeah so it, and were you able really to not a problem here
0: yeah that's really awesome that you've had that and i think maybe sometimes like people may make it a bigger deal than it actually really is If it
1: doesn't directly affect them, I don't understand why they get so butthurt about it. Like, how is me holding the hand of another man affecting your marriage? It's not. It's It's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting you. It's just let it be.
0: Yeah. Wise words indeed. Yeah. I want to, I'm curious. So... When you're with your wife, were you able to have any men, or was it were you exclusive monogamous when you were with?
1: You? Oh, completely yeah. monogamous. Okay. Yeah, when I date or anything, I'm completely monogamous.
0: Got it. So you'll you're basically would you say you're like a serial monogamist, or would and then you'll gravitate whoever is your partner for that time. You're you're committed to them, and then when that is when that relationship's over, then you'll move to the next. Or what do you generally find is the the rhythm for you?
1: Oh man. I'm not really. When, when you say serial monogamous, you mean strictly with any relationship?
0: You'll jump from one relationship to the next relationship. That's typically what the. Oh, yeah. No.
1: If it's as serious as it needs to be for me to be attached, I don't just jump from one to another. I've got I've got to have some time to recoup. Yeah. But yes, if I do date, it's monogamy all the way. Uh, now, interesting. It, to say that I did have the uh, opportunity to be the third in a thruple, huh which was kind of new to me. It, it didn't go through, but being the third coming in, I would have had no problem. But if I was one of the original two having somebody else come in, I don't think I could have done it.
0: Why is that?
1: I, I don't. Well, because I'm monogamous. So if I'm dating somebody and I have that connection with them, I want it to be only with them. So like I'm saying, if I, if we were the original two trying to bring a third in, I can't do that. Mm. But me being the third one coming in being like, hey, I'm here. Because you have I, no existing
0: connections with them. And so
1: it's, it you're on objective grounds. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right.
0: I can understand that. Great. One of the questions I always love to ask on the show is really about the adventures that you've had and just some lessons learned. Right? A lot of times we we go through life and we hit some really tough times. And sometimes we'll get some advice from someone else that will really shape us and give us the direction that we need to go. And so, maybe if you could tell a story of a time that you were really struggling, and it could be recently, right? Like, it could be recently as you're processing the divorce and moving on and figuring out a way to rebuild yourself. Maybe there's a, a, a if you can tell a story of a time that you either had some advice from a friend, a book, or even just like another podcast or something. And tell us what that advice was and how it, affected you?
1: I I had some really bad experiences with social media when throughout the marriage and then dating after that. I, it always made me nervous. Of course, people treat Snapchat the way they treat Snapchat. It's got a bad reputation for sneaky conversations. And part of what had to do with the divorce and then the immediate relationship after that, social media played a role in. But the last... A uh, person that I dated, I've I've got insecurities because of, of everything that happened. And I expressed that to him and it caused us problems. But he actually sat me down and he was like, Look, this is who this is. You, you have nothing to worry about. And he's a lot younger than me too. He's like 23, 24 years old. And I looked at him like he was Buddha. Like I literally took so much from him. And the fact that I had a lot more dating and life experience at, than him at the time it spoke a lot for me and I still praise him to that for this day. Like I thank him. I'm like, look, you have no idea how you changed my perspective on on being open and not really trying to worry about social media and let it be a factor. I wish I could just read the thread or text messages, but it it took me forever to find, but he's, he really, he taught me a whole lot. I learned a lot about myself and what social media can and, and can't do with a relationship.
0: Yeah. so what would you say to sum that up as far as uh, advice for the listeners? Maybe it's just like a, a one sentence advice. Oh, I don't know how to put that
1: into one sentence. Don't take uh, me so seriously or... We could go with that. Yeah. But I'm one of those who takes things a little seriously just because I'm very guarded about what I put out there. I, honestly, I really don't know. It, it depends on the situation. But I, I think for me, it's just... Making sure that you guys are on the very same page and being 100% genuine about it. You've you've got to make sure because if you're not, you don't know what that other person's doing. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with insecurities while he was dealing with my problems of my insecurities. He didn't have any issues at all. So he was calm enough to sit down and be like, look, this is what's going on. And put me in my place like in a very good emotional way.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's really, it's really amazing. Uh, that just it goes to show that you show up and you've got to be there for your partner, understand that they're going through something and it's your job to listen and to give them the the strength that they need. Final question, I think is really just, uh, let's end on more of a positive note. Like During this process of you getting through and taking the time to be with yourself, what's one of the outcomes that you're really hoping to achieve during this time?
1: I think eventually, once I am able and in a position where I'm, getting to be comfortable with myself, being by myself. I mean it gets lonely. I tell you, when I don't have my daughter it gets lonely. But I think eventually I do want to have that complete family atmosphere again. I wasn't raised in a place where I had role models. I had I was raised in a place where I had people that I didn't want to be like and in situations I never wanted to be in. So I thought my marriage and buying the house and all that was like this is it. You're doing exactly what you have dreamt of doing and, and getting away from. And it's just having your priorities together, really.
0: And do you ever think you'll date someone uh, older or your age?
1: I think it's going to have to come down to it. I'm going to have to, I'm open my horizons a little more.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's either that or you'll, or you get a, you just, either you you assume the daddy role or you go and, You'd be like, great, let's do it. Let's roll this way, or you find someone else, a young person that's got a house, maybe. Who knows? It's got a, You never know. The world's uh, got a lot of twists and turns out there. Cool, fantastic, Tyler. I think uh, this has been great having you on the show. Do you want to let people know, like, about your TikTok? How do they find you, and and everything you got going on with your trucks and Instagram?
1: Yeah, the Instagram and the TikTok is the same. It's Daddy underscore THS. It's just out of fun. Of course, it started with Phase One quarantine. With COVID, uh, everybody I think everybody did. It started just as fun, and it's just taken off from there.
0: Fantastic. Cool. Great having you on the show, Tyler. Uh,
1: thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Noah.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe. Talk dirty. And we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.